0: Thank you for joining us for episode 10 of Head Start, a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. So um, here we are. It's uh, summer is uh, beginning to wrap up. It's going to be rapidly. Yes. And so we are, as the time that we're recording this, uh, we are two weeks to the day. From when school starts. And I know that that announcement comes with great difference from household to household, and probably even within particular homes uh, as to the excitement level, the energy, dread maybe uh, uh, of the coming doom. I mean, Um, Presence, reality. Celebration. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Education. Yes. (laughs) I I can imagine that there's some children. There are some children who are really looking forward to it. Yep. Some who are greatly not looking Mm. forward to it. And then, then there's the parents.
1: They're, uh, yes. Yes,
0: who are overjoyed.
1: I am one of those parents. Yes, you are. I am married (laughs) to one of those parents. Uh, Our oldest will go into fifth grade. Fifth grade. And our youngest will journey into the halls of preschool for the first time this year. What in the world? Me and my wife are exuberant. uh, Maybe is a good word. Sure. To see the two of them blossom. Yes. Receive great education as we enjoy some time during the day getting things accomplished. <laughs> that
0: is awesome, and I know uh, the kids are equally as excited as y'all are. Most definitely. <laughs> okay, so I uh, am excited about today that we get to uh, look at, continue in the sermon series, uh, Heroes. Uh, today, we'll be looking at a particular um, uh, hero of the faith, Elizabeth Elliot C. Notice how I did that.
1: So, And really, I think this is as good a time as any for us to just introduce, you know, because normally we do a question that mm-hmm. I think is probably the most celebrated part of our podcast. Together. Some would say. It's, and uh, it, for those of you who do not agree, there is a fast-forward button and you can use that. <laughs> um, but I have really two questions um, that I need to ask you. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. And the first one does relate to what you just mentioned, it, and it's this. If you were to name your daughter Elizabeth, mm. would you spell it? And this is really important, it Matt, is. because my daughter's middle name is Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Uh, would you spell it with an S or a Z? Oh,
0: wow. You know, um, I think just for the sake of uh, complicating the life of a school teacher, mm. I would go S.
1: That does sound like you. <laughs> well, good enough. Uh, go. The second question is unrelated at all, and that's this. It's really important for me to know. Uh, if you were presented with an opportunity to go to the moon, oh, would you take it? Ooh,
0: wow. See, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm really blue. Mm-hmm. In the amount of questions that I would ask mm-hmm. would be uh, significant. But if yeah, I I think that would be super cool. Can you imagine the view from the moon? That would be super cool. Be amazing. Um, So, but with that, yes. There would be a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Here's the follow-up to that. Uh, okay. What would Tanya
0: say? <laughs> Tanya would say that was crazy yeah, and that absolutely. there's no way in the world. You stay right here. That's,
1: yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So
0: as I was mentioning Elizabeth with an S, not a Z, uh, Elizabeth Elliot. just give some, uh, just some background information on her. Elizabeth Elliot was 88 years old when she passed away uh, on June the 15th. I was looking at that earlier. Mm -hmm. June the 15th of 2015, that's the day Tanya, not 2015, but Tanya and I got married on the 15th of June. So uh, she passed away June 15th of 2015. Mm -hmm. She's a missionary and a critically acclaimed author and speaker uh, for over half a century. Her life of obedience, timeless teaching, and best-selling books have influenced both believers and seekers of the Christian faith. Hmm. For 13 years, uh, Elliot opened her daily radio program, Gateway to Joy, uh, with these words, you're loved with an everlasting love. That's what the Bible says, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Hmm. And she would continue with, this is your friend, Elizabeth Elliot. The uh, resounding theme of Elliot's life was the boundless love of Jesus, and her greatest commission was to tell others of his saving grace. This costly call led her into the Amazonian uh, jungle of uh, Ecuador, where her husband Jim, not Bill. Not Bill. Jim Elliot uh, was uh, was one of the five missionaries that were speared to, to death in 1956 mm. while attempting uh, to make contact with the members of the uh, Aku uh, Wadani uh, tribe. Elizabeth, along with her young daughter Valerie, uh, would later return to Aku to the Aku territory to live among and minister to the people who killed her husband familiar with suffering, Elliot wrote the deepest things. She wrote this, the deepest things that I have learned in my own life have come from the deepest suffering. And out of the deepest waters and the hottest fires have come the deepest things I know about God. Elizabeth Elliot's life work was to share these deepest things, the trustworthiness of God, the blessings of obedience, the hope of joy in the midst of sorrow, the call to love one's enemy, the priceless treasure of purity, and the true meaning of biblical womanhood and manhood. Um, So what a um, true hero of the faith who in the midst of suffering stood firmly on the solid ground of God's truth. Uh, and what an example she laid for us, no doubt. Um, That's really good. So the passage of scripture, as we look at and think of Elizabeth Elliot, is First um, Peter chapter four, verses twelve through nineteen. Will be the passage that we'll be looking at. Will be preached uh, from the platform, and uh, and you guys as life group leaders
1: will be teaching, guiding, and discussion on this passage. That's right. Um, yeah, so again, our heartbeat in this series is to kind of pick a passage, uh, especially when the character is not someone who's in the, the pages of the Bible, uh, to pick a passage that we feel like kind of represents uh, the life of that individual. And so for Elizabeth uh, Elliot, we, we did, we chose 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. Um, my Bible gives this, he, uh, this, this passage the headline, Christian Suffering. Um, and we feel like it's it's appropriate. So I'll walk through it in just a minute here, Matt. What I want to do first is direct uh, all of your eyes, our life group leader's eyes, toward uh, the beginning of 1 Peter. So 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, when he identifies himself and then tells us who he's writing to, right? Give us a little context for what's going on here. Uh, he says, um, To those chosen who are living as exiles, a lot of mm-hmm. suffering takes place usually when you're in exile, you've been yes. kicked out of your homeland, uh, dispersed abroad, In Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, um, just various different places kind of in the Eurasia area there Mm -hmm. um, on the other side of the world from us. And then he says again, uh, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So I want to highlight just a a couple of things there, right? He, first of all, identifies that the people that he's writing to are chosen, and they're chosen uh, to um, something and chosen through uh, something, right? So they're chosen, first of all, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Yeah. Now, just like Elizabeth Elliot said, that happens through suffering, right? Yeah. That's when you learn the most. Uh, and so they're chosen through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And then watch this. They're chosen to be obedient mm. and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, we all rejoice that we're sprinkled with his blood. That's how we're saved. That's what washes away our sins. But um, we're chosen to be obedient obedient to God's word. And if you think of, um, again, I'm a young parent with a couple of young kids. So when I think of obedience and the process of learning mm-hmm. obedience, there's a little bit of suffering that's involved, right? Yeah. It comes with discipline. And yes. so that's a lot of what, uh, Peter's going to write to us about in this passage. In the first section here, um, He's gonna—he's uh, just gonna hit us with this phrase right out of the gate. Hey, don't be surprised, mm. right? When you face uh, the fiery ordeal that comes among you to test you, as if something unusual were happening to you. Yeah. So the first thing that Peter wants to do is make you aware that, like, hey, stop complaining. Yeah. Stop being surprised. You're going to suffer. That's part of this life. And. He's just,
0: he's just putting that right in our face, yeah. though, because we do all that we can to avoid suffering. That's it. Yeah. We, when someone's leaving your house, you tell them, be, be careful, be safe, yep. right? Yep. And we do all that we can to avoid suffering, but right. Peter's going like, yeah, Yep. it's coming.
1: It's coming. Uh, and I think that actually raises a great point of a couple of questions that you'll hit right at the beginning of your life group curriculum, page 61 in, in my book. The first question is, why do many people seek to avoid trials at all costs? Mm. Now, <laughs> leaders please do not let your folks get away with the shallow, simple answer to this question. Why do we avoid suffering? It hurts, sure, like sure. nobody enjoys pain. But press deeper. Why do we Christ followers avoid the trials that we know God gives us to mm-hmm. test us, to try us, to shape us? And then maybe even more than that, asking the question, how far do we go to seek out comfort for I ourselves? Am. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to raise that moment.
0: Yeah, I, I keep thinking back. In this passage of scripture has been so evident and so present in my own life recently. And in Paul thinking, you know, in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, where he's like, "Hey, this thorn, could we do something about this?" And, and God's <laughs> response to him is, "My grace is sufficient for you. My, my power is made perfect in your weakness." Mm. I. My power is made. And then later Paul goes in verse, in verse 10. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, yep. hardships, persecutions, and calamity. For when I'm weak, that I'm strong. I'm strong. Right.
1: And Paul's like, right.
0: hey, when I'm weak, it's not me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's God that's working. God's
1: power working through. So suffering that we face in this life is not unusual for three reasons. Um, and these are reasons that, that any of us experience, whether you're a believer or a nonbeliever. Um, first of all, there's sin within us. Mm. And when we sin, we rebel against God's good way. And so it can bring suffering. Number two, there's sin around us, right? It's not always my sin that brings suffering. Sometimes Matt, you sin, right? Well, I don't think Matt's sin has (laughs) ever hurt me in any way, but there are people around us that sin and that that causes pain for us. And then, number three, just the sinful, uh, the, the curse of sinfulness that has brought upon the world uh, mm-hmm. all sorts of, of, of things. We don't believe that earthquakes and wildfires and hurricanes and all these sorts of things existed in God's original design for creation. They came about as the world was cursed yeah. uh, in the fall. And so um, th- that's why we experience just kind of the normal everyday suffering. But I think that it's important for us to not just, um, you know, Peter doesn't just say, hey, don't be surprised. He actually takes it one step further. He says rejoice, Mm -hmm. right? Rejoice. Um, And that's tough, but here's kind of the connection that Peter's working through. Uh, He wants us to see uh, that if you think of a train, right, the first station is suffering. Uh, The station that comes after that is glory Mm -hmm. for the believer. And we see this in the life of Jesus, right? The glory that Jesus... um, took upon him took to himself was not by going around the cross yep. it was by going through the yep. cross and that led to his glorification now it's important for us to ask how in the world is this possible how do you how do you become the type of person that rejoices in suffering and life group leaders I want to point you to Acts chapter five uh, really reading the whole chapter I think will be will be good for you especially beginning in um, verse 17 um, But basically, uh, the apostles are going to go on trial again. They're going to be beat uh, and flogged, but they are going to be released. Uh, And Acts Acts 5.41 says, They went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name, Hmm. uh, the name of of Jesus, of course. And so how how is it possible for them to be where they are? Well, these disciples have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's where you and I have to get if we're going to rejoice in our suffering. Yeah. Uh, Now, in the passage, Peter's going to tell us, hey, I don't want you to suffer as, like, people who are getting what they deserve, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the next section that we have before us. Now, I don't know. I I think this is always so funny, like you know, all the apostles and disciples talked to each other. They knew of each other. Paul and Peter were aware of each other. And in all of his letters, Paul has these laundry lists of sinfulness, sure. right? Yes. And so I think what's happening here is Peter's like, Paul who? Here's my laundry list of evilness, right? Sure. Uh, but but do remember that uh, Paul educated at the feet of Gamaliel, the PhD of PhD. I mean, he was absolutely brilliant. Peter caught fish for a living. Sure. And so yes. here comes his list of evil doing. He He's, says he
0: was pretty good with a sword too. He don't was. That, he was so. good with the sword. Yeah, yep. Okay. Swung for the head and hit yeah. the ear.
1: Um, <laughs> he says, let none of you suffer as a murderer. yes. Right? And that's yes. bad. Mm-hmm. A thief, bad, don't steal bad. things. That's terrible. Uh, an evil doer. Oh, those evil don't doers. do evil yes. or a meddler. Oh. A meddler. A meddler. Like not like somebody who meddles in the Olympic sports. Like somebody just getting in your business. Somebody who gets in your business. <laughs> Right, so so yeah, don't <laughs> suffer as as these things, uh, and and that's really the point. Who knows yeah. if if Peter was imitating the, the lists, one way or another, he's making the point. Hey, don't don't suffer. You know, don't take pride or take joy in your suffering yeah. for your sinfulness. Like yeah, those people deserve to suffer. Right, they've done wrong and they're receiving uh, what what they what they deserve for it. Um, but instead, he says, uh, suffer as a Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. Suffer as someone who's following Jesus, doing the right thing, living a godly and a quiet life, seeking peace, seeking tranquility, uh, but still suffering just because you bear the name of Jesus. And that's what Jesus went through. Yeah. So, um, Peter walks us through the fact that judgment is on its way. Uh, I had a professor in seminary who said that judgment always begins with God's house. He starts in his own house, and it moves outward into the world. And that's what Peter says in this passage. Uh, The time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? Mm -hmm. In the next verse, he walks that out a little bit more. Here's what I want to point out for this. Um, Suffering is testing for believers. It's foreshadowing for unbelievers, right? Yeah. Yeah. God wants to test and develop the character of his people. But he also wants to show unbelievers, this is, what, this is all you have to look forward to yeah. if you do not follow uh, Jesus. And so in that way, believers, we get an opportunity uh, for our suffering to be evangelistic, right? Mm, yes. Because when I suffer, and I suffer well, and I point to Jesus in my suffering, yeah. and recognizing that God is still good and that he's in control and I can trust him, then my suffering can actually have an effect on a non-believer when they suffer yeah. because they will as well. Yes, uh, and they lack that foundation. Mm-hmm. The last thing that he says is, "As you suffer for good things, entrust yourself to a good God." Right, mm-hmm. um, and that's really the bottom line for us as believers. Um, when we suffer according to God's will, and that will happen. Remember, it's not yes. outside of His plan. Yep. Uh, we need to entrust ourselves to Him because He is faithful. Yes. Um, and he promises that he will not, um, he's not going to tempt us beyond what we're able to bear. He's going to give us the way out. Uh, he's also not going to test us beyond what he gives us the strength through the Holy Spirit, uh, to stand fast. And and he's
0: not going to leave us, but he's always there. And and so even though in the darkest times it may seem silent, but his presence is he's ever present. Uh, There's no doubt. So
1: now I think that, um, as we kind of turn our attention at the end of the material here to the measures, um, really throughout this whole series, I think a guide who shows the way has been the most natural, uh, one to, to draw out, right. That's what these heroes of the faith are for us. Um, and so, yeah, as you talk about Elizabeth Elliot and as you talk through this passage, let her be a guide who shows the way, uh, to, to you as you go through suffering, but then take that one step further, uh, Ask that question, right, of, your, of the people that are in your group. How will you be a guide and encourage a fellow believer that his or her suffering mm-hmm. can and, and will bring glory to God if they suffer well? Yeah. Um, again, uh, you know, Matt, you say it all the time. When, mm-hmm. not if, mm-hmm. when you suffer, yeah. who can you point to? Who can you look to and, and say, hey, walk through this with me yeah. and let me show you how to trust your faithful creator? That he's going to continue to provide for you. That's
0: good. That's good. Well, as we wrap up uh, the lesson, leaders, let me encourage you as we do each week to remember the live it out. It's so important that we challenge our group to not only sit and listen and and maybe even engage in conversation about this passage of scripture through the questions that are asked inside the group, uh, but also to, to for this challenge to walk out of the classroom, to walk out of the house, the and go out and live out these, this passage to, to walk differently. So, our live it out for this week. Share with someone about how suffering has changed you to be more like Jesus. Just, just think about that kind of conversation in suffering to be able to share how that's it's changed you, how it shaped you, that suffering has molded you, and the fact that God never left you, uh, and He's always there with you. Second, live it out is, uh, what can you be more intentional about so that your suffering brings glory to the Lord and testifies of Him to those that are around you? Again, somewhat similar to the first one, but still, our need to be intentional to recognize that in our suffering, God is there, and in our suffering, He is will see us through. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to take it away, but he will be with us through it. Uh, so, hey, thank you, uh, Life Group Leader, again, for joining us uh, for this brief podcast. And just some reminders about some things that are coming up very quickly. Uh, We have a leader meeting that will be on August the 6th. Um, That'll be after the 1045 service. We'll meet in the East Venue. We'll feed you some uh, lunch and then we'll have a time of training. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and you should have received an email, maybe a text message about a link uh, to register for this training. Be sure to go ahead and get that done. Also, we'll remind you the 13th, following Sunday, a really big Sunday, lots of big things going on. We encourage you uh, leaders to be touching base with each of your uh, folks in your group to encourage them to be in group on the 13th. This is our kickoff Sunday. We're going to be taking group pictures. Uh, We'll be communicating with you about how we're going to connect adult groups with next-gen groups. Uh, So just know that information is coming, uh, what time your picture is going to be, all those kinds of things. And then we'll wrap the day up, a big day. Uh, We'll wrap the day up that afternoon, 4 until 6 p.m. at Hargis Christian Camp. With a uh, old fashioned, old fashioned, a tailgate party, uh, because that Sunday morning we're all going to come wearing our favorite team colors, and then that evening, afternoon, we're going to have a tailgate party.
1: Matt, what mm-hmm. colors will you be wearing on Sunday morning, August thirteenth? So
0: that's a really great question because <laughs> I am so deeply war eagle, orange and blue. That's right. You know, I mean, tried and true ever since I was a kid, and so you know, uh, it's likely I'll come orange and blue. I don't know. I mean, we live in Chelsea. Mm. Chelsea. Hornets colors. The Hornets. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that blue. I may be sporting some blue. You never can tell. You never can tell. Never can tell. So be sure to come and be a part that afternoon, 4 to 6, tailgate party at Hargis. We'll worship together. We'll have a devotion. We've got a number of uh, folks that are in line to be baptized. It's going to be a great evening. Uh, We'll see. Thank you for joining us for the podcast, and we'll see you on Sunday.